Good morning, everybody. It is a privilege to greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ on this Lord's Day with joy as we have gathered physically together to remember our risen Savior. I am thankful that um, the worship team and in a crescendo and more important way, the congregation has reminded me through the songs that we have just sung some great truths that we will even see in Scripture today. I did not plan that. I mean, to God be the glory, great things he has done. We're going to find out more about that in John 4 today. About making his name known among the nations. Be still and know that I am God. I'm very thankful for your ministry to me in song this morning. If I can have the PowerPoint started. I just want to quickly say... Um, and sum up what we already said in, in Sunday school. I know that some weren't able to come to Sunday school, and those who are watching <clears throat> and those who are here that weren't there, I'm sure that's available to watch later. But we want to say thank you. It is our privilege and responsibility to thank you as our ministry partners for your faithful prayer and financial support over the years for our family um, in northern Chile. And so... Uh, with grateful hearts, I, I wanted to start there. I want you to continue to pray for the growing church in Antofagasta, Chile, uh, Berean Church um, in Antofagasta, and this is a picture of those who gather and have committed themselves uh, not only to the Lord, but to each other in this local church. And we're very thankful for your prayers for them. Turn in your Bible to John 4, and what I plan to do in the next 30 or 35 minutes is to remind us of two great examples, one perfect example and one less perfect example, but yet an example. In our 21st century culture, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do have a responsibility to evangelize the lost and to disciple. Connect yourself in a local church that believes and lives out the gospel. And so there's applications for all this morning in the text. I would like us to be reminded, I'm not going to assume that everyone knows this account, but it is a familiar account. It's the account of uh, Christ. Um, meeting the uh, Samaritan woman at the well. Allow me to read uh, a large majority of the text, but occasionally I will pause and comment, unpause and continue with that story. And at the end, I would like us to, and if you're taking notes, really we have just two points and applications under those two points. It's just following the Lord's example of intentionally interacting with the unsaved. That's something that we still need to hear in our 21st century culture. And secondly, the the example of the Samaritan woman. After Christ transformed her life, what did she do? 
come and see the man that has told me everything in my life. This is the Messiah. To God be the glory, great things that he has done. Those are the two examples, the two points in the sermon today. Let's start reading together in the text, John 4. Let's start in verse 4. And he, he being Jesus, had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A Samaritan, uh, sorry, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, asked for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Verse 13. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up, in, up to eternal life. Verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me that water. That's what I want. Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or, or have to come here to draw water. Allow me to pause the text of scripture and say the following. Let us be reminded that in our culture today, really all around the world, in Antofagasta and in the Papillion area, there are people that are spiritually thirsty and are searching for answers and trying to fill the God-shaped hole in their heart with many, many things. In Antofagasta, it's materialism. In Antofagasta, it's power. It's substances. It's sex. And at the end of the day, and at the end of every week, and at the end of every month, and every year that goes on, they are unsatisfied. Does that mill you found, sound familiar for even our context here in Nebraska? Yes. 
Earth-shattering news, sin is everywhere. And the need of the gospel is everywhere. People are searching. People are trying to be satisfied with the things of this world. Antofagasta is a town that is booming, that is affluent, and it's Satan dangling shiny things saying, come here, work here, pad your wallet, buy the house you've always dreamed about. And you know what happens? People move there, and they get steady jobs that are higher paying jobs, and they gain the money, and they buy the things that they don't need to impress people that they don't know. And meanwhile, they lose their families, their relationships with their spouse. They lose their soul. Again, does this sound familiar to things that are happening here? Let's go back to the text, verse 16. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem the place where people is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I am the Messiah, he said in so many words. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman let alone a Samaritan woman. The Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. They had cultural and theological differences in the New Testament culture for a Jew to talk to a Samaritan, let alone a Samaritan woman, alone was unheard of. His disciples came back 
And in so many words, the text goes on to say that he, Christ reminded even his disciples that the fields are white for harvest. Lift up your eyes. Let's pick up at 38. Sorry. Verse 28. So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, and use your mind's eye and imagination to be impacted by her excitement her joy, her enthusiasm to share with what just happened with her. Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Come and see. Guys, drop what you're doing. Come with me. I think I just met the Messiah. They went out of the town and we're coming to him. Now skip to verse 30, 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. I find this verse encouraging. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him. Who's him? The Messiah, Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the woman's testimony. What was the woman's testimony? Come and see the man that told me everything in my life. He is the Messiah. So when the Samaritans, verse 40, came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Now another encouraging verse, verse 41. And many more believed because of his word. Christ drug his feet a couple of days with this town because they asked him, could you stay? Could you share more? We've heard this lady in her testimony, but tell us more. Verse 41 says, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard our, for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. We see in this wonderful account in the Gospel of John two examples the perfect example of our Lord Jesus Christ in how he intentionally rubbed shoulders with the unsaved, not only in this account, but throughout his life. What a great lesson that we need to learn. And in an intentional way, starting now, as we leave this auditorium this morning and Lord willing as we start a new week we all need to personally ask 
ourselves, how intentional am I in praying for and acting upon opportunities to share something about God, something about Christ to someone each day? That is a great challenge for me. But David, you're a missionary. Yeah, welcome to the struggle. I'm assuming that on many levels, you all struggle with this on a weekly basis as well. Am I, are we intentional in our conversation? Growing in knowledge of God's word, applying it to our hearts, and reacting in a to God be the glory, great things he has done and is doing in my heart. And if someone bumps into us, Jesus spills out. We live in a day and culture of rage. Digitally, and even in the real world when you interact with people, people are grumpy, people are angry. I hope that as believers and disciples of Jesus Christ, we are not known for that. I think Christ said something about that. That my disciples will be known by their digital presence, uh, by their love. In this account, Jesus expressed truth, and he expressed it in a direct way. But he was gracious in his words. He was creative, using the account of water, What a great challenge to us to take advantage of real life things and turn the conversation to the most important thing. Our need for Christ. So we have Christ's perfect example about interacting intentionally with the unsaved. How are you doing? The other example in today's account, today's text, is the Samaritan woman. Christ transformed her life. If you dig a little deeper in the culture of this time, one needs to ask themselves, why was this woman alone? at the sixth hour at the well. And as you find out about the culture of that time, this lady did not have a good reputation. And we can connect some textual dots, even by an account that we read in Scripture, when Christ said, go find your husband and come back. And she said, I have, I, I'm, I'm not married. I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're right in saying that because you have had five and the one you're living with now is not your husband. 
jaw drop. How did you know? She did not have a good reputation. Christ transformed her life. Amen? Christ revealed himself to her. The one you're talking about, I am it. I am the Messiah. I offer you eternal life. Living water that springs up from within yourself. Only Christ can do that. So the example of this Samaritan woman is in that she left and went to tell others. She went back to town. Verse 28, so the woman left her water jar and went away to town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Now question, at this moment when this lady is in town, Christ has just transformed her life. Does this lady know all points of theology? All the doctrines and tensions and wonderful honest that is in the scriptures. And at this time it would be the Old Testament, the law. No, she didn't. But she shared a testimony akin to the blind man. Listen, all I know, once I was blind and now I'm not. And he did it. What are some applications then from this example of this woman who Christ just transformed powerfully with his word, with himself. We know it as the gospel. Do you at times feel timid and shy away from a conversation because we put up a veneer of, well, you know what, I'm not really up on all of the points of doctrine and and how they all connect, and oh boy, eschatology. May I encourage you, as I'm encouraging myself, that if Christ has transformed our lives, we need to tell others about that. Just tell them what God is doing in your life. What are you reading in Scripture? What are you praying about? What are some things that in scripture God has revealed to you about himself people need to hear that in the greater Omaha area people need to hear that in Antofagasta I would encourage you to not only ponder perfect example of Jesus Christ and his intentional interaction with the unsaved but also the enthusiastic example of the woman sharing what just happened in her life I would love to share multiple our takes hours to share the stories of how Christ has transformed these lives. 
allow me to share a couple of stories in a thread. If you were here in Sunday school, or if you're watching now and weren't able to, tune into the Sunday school hour. But I told you about Edgar, who got saved in West Virginia. Those in Sunday school, do you remember that, what I just said about him? This is Edgar. I would like to continue the story with what God has done in his life and others. Edgar, like the Samaritan woman, shared with others, not only his then-girlfriend, now wife, Anna, from the Ukraine, she got saved, but a young single mother, Natalia, who works with Edgar in a telephone company. Edgar shared scripture with her in their cubicle area in their office. Shared open-ended questions. Ponder on this. How is your relationship with Jesus Christ? Natalia, at that point, was a practicing Catholic. Practicing Catholic. Not a nominal one. And Natalia would tell me later, David, when Edgar shared scripture with me, I... I had no answer. I had no comeback. I didn't know what I believed in my own religion, which I'm practicing. All of her moorings that she thought she had that held up her beliefs because of Scripture were torn away. Over a period of weeks, invitations by Edgar and Anna to come, come to our church, come and hear more. Natalia and her young son, Joaquin, 11 years old, started to come to um, our church. And she got saved. She got baptized. I tell you what, it's a wonderful thing to have a front row seat to, to watch God do all this. This is his work. The story continues with Natalia's dad, Rene. When Rene was 50 years old, on a whim, on a whim, started to take drugs in Antofagasta and for 16 years was a drug addict. And for that period of time, almost lost everything. His relationship with his daughter, with his sons, he has three, with his wife, lost his job, lost a measure of health. Natalia, like the Samaritan woman, called up her dad. Hey, dad, I have been bitter against you for years. You have destroyed a lot of my life. But guess what just happened? I met Jesus. Come and see. You gotta come and hear. I'm going to this little church. It's not perfect. But they actually opened their Bibles. 
They pray the Bible, they sing the Bible, they preach the Bible, and they're trying to live the Bible. Renee, at that point, who is in a rehabilitation center for his drug addiction, decided that he would go because he needed to um, comply with certain homework assignments to repair the broken relationships with his family over the past 15, 16 years. Yeah, I'll go. I'll get the check off my homework. Did something with my daughter. Since that Sunday that he came, other than being sick or being on a trip, he is sitting in the front row to this day. And again, over a period of time, conversations, the word of God in his life, the Lord saved him. To God be the glory, great things he has done. I meet with him every Thursday night. One of my favorite evenings of the week. I grew up as a PK. I'm a pastor's kid. I meet with this guy. I can't give him any cliches. We're starting with the fundamentals. Basic. What's the Old Testament? What's the New Testament? The books of the Bible. You know one thing he's ticked off about? That he spent so many years frying his brain. And now he wants to fill it with this. And he says, my, my mind is a sieve. I can't really memorize it like I want to. So we do a lot of review. But I can tell you one thing. There is, it is not a waste of time to review gospel content in our lives. The gospel isn't something that we needed years ago, but that we need today, still today. It's like a basketball coach encouraging his players to continue to practice dribbling. Coach, come on, can we just have a pickup game? Can we play five on five? We're playing our rivals next week. No, we're going to dribble. Crossover, behind your back. Free throws. Coach, come on, can we, we need to, this team is, they're undefeated. We need to, no, free throws. Yeah, free throws. Are we done yet? No, keep doing free throws. That's what we need to be doing as as Christians with gospel content. We need to keep dribbling. What, what, what happened in our salvation? Has that transformed our lives? Or is there fruit? Are we like the Samaritan woman? You, you guys got to know about what happened in my life. We got to stop playing church. That's not an accusation. That's just a reminder for all of us. We need to act by God's grace. Starting today as we leave this auditorium and Lord willing, go into a new week in this weird year. Has God changed? No. 
Has his message changed in 2020? No. Has our responsibility to share that message changed? Well, you just got to understand, David, it's COVID. So, like, I can't reach out really to, yes, you can. Redeem technology. Start with your own family. Start with your extended family, your coworkers. And as this state is in phases to open up, what, what a great incentive to continue and go deeper in rubbing shoulders with the unsaved, following the perfect example of Jesus Christ. That's my challenge to you today. Renee was one of the candidates for baptism in October of 2019. I tell you what, that's an amazing day for me, for him, for our church, to see how gospel transforming power reverberates between families and people and church members. We're not talking about any programs here, folks. This is not something that a church growth guru came up with. This is simple, foundational, putting into practice what we believe about the gospel, in our lives, starting with our own lives. Pray for Renee. Pray for Natalia. Pray for Juana. Juana is Natalia's mom. Renee's separated wife. We're praying for her. If the Lord tarries, I'd like to come back in several years and tell you the next story, the next chapter. Pray with us. We'd like to see Juana come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. Matter of fact, put the whole family down. Natalia the three brothers with the little red icon in their chest. Three brothers, Natalia's brothers, and their significant others and families. We're praying for this whole family. Folks, this is just one slice of the great tapestry that the Lord is doing in Antofagasta. We have three months to go before we get to go back and to continue. Coming back to the States is a responsibility. It's a privilege. We enjoy it. We miss home. And home isn't Minnesota, where I'm from, anymore. Home is Antofagasta, Chile. I want to go back and continue my Thursday nights with Renee. Please be in prayer for our church in Antofagasta. It's called Berean Church. Following... Um, the example in Acts 17 of those who received the scriptures joyfully went back to see if it was so. They dug into God's word. At the end of the service, at the back welcome booth, we do have new prayer cards. I encourage everyone, even children, each family member to pick one up. Pray for us. We're thankful for your faithful prayer support and financial support. We count you as part of the team. Without 
your church and the other 20 churches that support us, we could not live in the desert city of Antofagasta. Two examples to follow. The perfect one in our Lord Jesus Christ of intentionally interacting with the unsaved. How are you doing? Don't leave this auditorium this morning without asking the Lord to help you. To put into action, to develop a plan in your calendar to interact with more unsaved. The other example in the Samaritan woman. Has Christ transformed your life? If so, praise the Lord. Does it, has it affected you practically in how you intentionally go and tell others? Come and, you know what? Let me tell you what God did in my life. Before I was, fill in the blank, A, B, C, D. But in Christ, I'm a new creature. Old things have passed away. I'm a new creature. You want to hear more about that? Welcome to my life. How, how can I be in your life? You know, in saying that, folks, your life gets messy. I, I don't know how to sugarcoat that. We can't follow Christ's example in the Samaritan's, Samaritan's woman example in intentionally involving ourselves with unbelievers and just, oh, you know what? I have no conflicts. I have no issues in my life this week. No, your life gets messy. It's a sacrifice of your time, of your talents, of your treasury, of your privacy. Oh, but we hold those things so dear. In these last moments, I encourage you to ponder if you're really serious about these two examples and ask the Lord for help. The sacrifice that will come when one follows Christ's example and this Samaritan woman's example. God gives grace. God provides for your needs. It will expose in your heart the many things that have kept you so busy that really eternally don't matter. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full on his glorious grace and the things of this earth will go strangely dim. Binge on the Bible. Put the phone down. Or use the phone to intentionally interact with people who need Christ. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to hear it with others today as we have gathered on your Lord's Day. What a, what a privilege that is. After hearing God's word today, now we do have a responsibility to, to act, to decide, to obey. Thank you for your perfect example of how you 
intentionally interacted with the unsaved. May we, day by day, prayerfully grow in that direction. Help us to also be more like the Samaritan woman in that understanding and experiencing the transforming power of the gospel in our lives causes us to with joy bubble over in intactful, in creative, in gracious ways in such a divided culture. Help us to share Christ and the gospel with others. I pray this for our ministry in Antofagasta. I pray this for this local church in the greater Omaha area. We leave all these things in your capable hands, Lord. We trust your word to change our hearts and minds this morning as we walk out and start a new week. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.